37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Welcome to 37 Disney Street, friends, the happy place where three Disney nerds review all the Disney classics in order, then review them according to the story, the animation and the music. They call me a pain in the pin feathers, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Fletcher. I'm Lucy Rain, but you can call me Flower if you want to. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say something at all. Hello, children. I'm Hugh Rain. Well, the kids are back from the woods and have locked their guns away, so it's safe for us to venture into the clearing to talk about classic number five, 1942's Bambi. Would you like me to kick it off with uh, how this came into being? Do it. Okay. This has the longest production time of any film we've uh, looked at so far. He's bought the rights to it in 1936. That's Walt Disney. When I talk about he, yeah, he you know the big guy. God. Walt, your mate Walt. Walt, Wally. Could have been God. Yeah, could have been. Could have been. Um... They'd originally been bought by MGM in 1933 to make a live-action version. I would be fascinated to see a live-action... Of the book. Of the book in 1933. So Mm. I'm interested what that would have been like. But they couldn't make it work. They experimented, couldn't get it to happen. So they sold it to Walt in 1936. And it was meant to be the second classic. It was meant to follow Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But through various production issues, development issues, story issues, we do know how Walt likes a rewrite. And basically teaching his animators to draw, it wasn't released until 1942. (laughs) That means that the production of this spanned uh, the Walt Disney Company making money, losing money, moving studios, the attack on Pearl Harbor and the eventual entry into the Second World War. And then finally the major studio labour strike. The, been busy then. Mm, and all that between getting the rights and releasing the film. So it saw a lot of action. Sounds like it. <laughs> yes. We're supposed to chip in with uh, fascinating insights and funny funny voices, but uh, I've got nothing. It was an adult book. That's about all I know. I don't mean like it was an adult book, but it was it was the book was was aimed at adults, wasn't it? Not at kids. Yeah, you could argue in many ways the film is as well. It was by Felix Salton. There we go. What does Bambi mean? I assume it's something to do with Bambino. Do you know? Yeah, I have no likely. idea. Mm. And it's funny actually. Like um, when you think of the word Dumbo, the name Dumbo and the name Bambi, they're very similar, aren't they? Dumbo, Bambi. They both have. Two syllables. What next? Front, fronty? Oh, no, that doesn't sound cute. Oh. You see, those are very, very round consonants. <laughs> oh, because I've got like a whole, a, whole sto- a whole storyboard. It's about a frog. Oh. It's about a frog. I'm not buying it. Is that an adult um, book as well? <laughs> it, it can be if you wanted to. Oh, my word. Fronty. Just change. Let's not worry about that one. Change you heard it here first, folks. Change a few letters. <laughs> right. Um, well, shall we, uh, shall we have a look at the story? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Can, can I just say before we do, when you started yours, did it have the THX uh, ident on it? <laughs> that is too loud and it's terrifying. Yeah. It just gets louder and louder and you think, all right, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happened. And even Bonnie said it was scary. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 
can I, this is on a totally different subject, but I've always found it weird when they use the DVD or the VHS to advertise the quality of the sound because it's like, yeah, well, we know because we can hear the film. So why are you advertising it? And I used to love it on VHS when they first released DVDs and they went, look at the quality you can get on DVD. And, you them, uh... and then they would show us the quality they could get on DVD on VHS. Yeah, but you know what? It would look a bit better even though it was on VHS. Well, why didn't they just make VHS? <laughs> and, that and also, I, I like the little clip of the guy and it's like, um, like... Uh, uh, sound with crystal clarity and then they just showed like a really fast thing of a guy going dun, 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 on a piano do you remember that yeah 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 <laughs> I do dun, 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 dun. I didn't remember it till this moment but yeah, yeah. I never thought of it as advertising well, well the DVD bit obviously yes but um, like the THX piece it's it's more like a pre-show credit isn't it isn't it a, it's supposed to give us confidence that it's going to be good sound I think isn't it mm. yeah we're supposed to go oh thank god it's that George Lucas's company, and and therefore we know it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can really resonate one note there. Yeah. Mm. Story then. I think we went on a bit of a tangent then. So yes, yeah, story and character. Oh, you think? Is our first talking point. So Hugh, did you like the story? Yes, and I liked it in the same way I liked Snow White, in that not much happened. Right? Agreed. In fact, I've got a list of what happens. Do you want, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Right. Bambi is born. Ooh. He learns to speak. Yeah. It rains. Oh. Meadow threat. <laughs> he meets Winderlene. Is that her name? <laughs> Feline. Feline. And, sorry, don't touch my bell. Sorry. And the great prince of the forest. Winter. Death. Spring and Twitterpation. Fight. Man returns. And then Bambi proves himself to be brave by seeing off the dogs. That's the story. Do you know what? I I think you overcomplicated it, if I'm honest. I was going to say, that list makes it sound so philosophically poetic, though, doesn't it? That's every stage of life, right Uh, there. Well, actually, um, each one of those sections represents a uh, season of the year. You've got uh, death in the winter, giving way to birth in the spring. I'm making this up as I go along, but it sounds pretty... Pretty spot on, doesn't but, you it? you know, grief, fornication, conflict. Don't these, use that these word. Cornerst- A Jedi crave not these things. <laughs> <laughs> these are the cornerstones of life right here. <laughs> fornication is to suffering. <laughs> Don't we know it? <laughs> hey, neither of you have had childbirth. <laughs> I thought you were going to say neither of you have fornicated. Well, not- it's Father's Day. I should just point that out. It's Father's <laughs> Day. Not since you got here. So one, <laughs> one would beget the other then. Well, exactly. And we're both fathers, yes, so... Yeah, indeed. Well, that's brought the conversation to yet another halt, hasn't it? Um, right. Well, what I was saying was, I like that not a lot happens. That list did, did make it sound like a lot does happen, but there are there are only small things, there are only small moments, and you just get all the, those great Snow White like moments with animals. Just these little cutaways of animals doing things. You got you got your central narrative with Bambi, and then you got all these little side things with characters happening, and it's nice. It doesn't have the um, messing about. That's what I'm going to call it, rather than gags that Snow White has. Yeah. Um, it more focuses on really nice set pieces, I think. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's more there's more similarity in a lot of respects to what's happening in Fantasia than there is to what's happening in the other things that have come before it. Yeah, I thought that at the end of uh, April showers with the raindrops dropping into the water, that yeah. was quite Fantasia-esque. Mm. Do you know, that's funny. I have written down April showers, Fantasia set piece. So I think we've all agreed. This is the last film of the Golden Age. And for me, if... Is that official? That is official. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
So we've done all five now. And if there's one thing that does define this age, it's their ability to just present ideas and set pieces and just kind of, you know, riff on a on a theme for a couple of minutes without having to go on to a story. I think it's very indicative of the age. Story getting in the way. Yeah. But do you you not think that what we've seen throughout this period, this is almost a culmination of it as well, because we've had your Snow White where, um, yes, there's a story there, it's quite hollow, but it focuses very much on um, all these gags and that silly symphony kind of thing. Messing about, you called it. yeah, messing about. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So you've had that. You've got Pinocchio, which is then very story led. Um, and uh, then you've got Fantasia, which is not so much about stories in the same kind of way and more about the music and it's stuff. It's more about um, Deems Taylor. Yeah. Then you've got ba- you've got Dumbo, where um, it's kind of almost harking back to a lot of the Silly Symphony stuff at the time, but it's also um, a very kind of punchy, quick um, story. And, mm. and then you've got this that's kind of hitting a balance of all the four of those films in, in a kind of way. Like, that's how it felt yeah. to me anyway. Like um, they thought about what had happened in the stories before and, and the way in which they'd approached that. And it felt like it was more rounded, more thought out, more considered, even though as you rightly says, it's still, there's not a lot happens in that story. And it was released only 10 months apart from Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And so they're very much kind of a pair mm. in the time in history, but you're talking a six year development period mm-hmm. versus a, I can't remember what we said, nine month development period, you know. They turn that one around very quickly. It shows. And it really shows. And I yeah. love Dumbo, but it shows. Mm. Oh, no, it absolutely does. And I think, well, we talked about that, didn't we, last time? Mm. So. Yeah. The characters are very interesting, though, because um, you Woodland Creatures, there you go, Mr. Animator person, deal with some Woodland Creatures, and they do it fantastically. And some of my favourite characters in this really we, aren't named were characters. Were you talking to me then when you said Mr. Animation Person? No. <laughs> I was talk, I was imagining myself being Walt and walking into a room going, Hey, Mr. Animation Person, waddling characters, go. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo, Mr. Animation Person. <laughs> it's the best I can do. Yeah, boss. I don't have the drama training. Um... But yeah, just the the characters that were never named or dealt with, just, you know, the the one little chipmunk or the, you know, there's some great grouses I'd like to talk about. There's some fantastic grouses. Some brilliant (laughs) grouses. Um, Some of the best grouses I've seen. In fact, while we're on with the subject, I know we talk about favourite moments later on, but one of my favourite moments is when the hunter is coming through the forest and there's three grouses and he's going, he's getting closer, he's getting closer. Grice. <laughs> You're clutching at straws there. Here. Yeah, yeah. You just want to ring your bell, don't you? Yeah, my correction bell. That's not. It's not going to get much of an outing today, I don't think. I'm going to say a, we... a trio of grouse, if mm. that's okay. Yeah. So three grouses going, he's coming close, he's coming close. I've got to fly, I've got to fly. No, don't oh, fly, don't fly. I love no, that I've bit. got to fly, don't fly. He yeah. flew, he got shot. It was brilliant. That, like, panicked grouse. Yeah. She's like, going, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Can I just calm down. Will you settle down, Maury? You can't, I gotta go, I gotta fly. He's so <laughs> lovely. Yeah, I mean, awful. <laughs> what? I know. And, and then when it lands, everything uh, comes out of hiding and, and pegs it as yeah, fast as it can out of the way. She lands in the grass and all these things scuttle out mm. from... from from underneath big her. things as well big yeah, things that were yeah. hidden it's not like little like wood lice or I'd whatever. love to go back and see how long that sequence is it can't be more than 30 seconds if that it might be a 15 second sort of sequence but oh my goodness it had such an impact so beautifully done how do you feel about skunks because it's an interesting <laughs> one to me is that I but... couldn't eat a whole one Chris right because right. <laughs> all that woodland and all those animals and things are all animals that are familiar to us and yes. 
I know what a skunk is, but I can't say I've ever seen one apart from maybe in a zoo because yes. it's not something that if we weren't walking in the local woods around here, we'd come across, is it? No. No. I think it might be a North American thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where is this set? In the woods. The, in the um, forest. The original book isn't. I can't remember where that is, but it's something European. But Italy? The, Bambino? Possibly. They did make mm. a conscious decision to make it the uh, east coast of America woodlands. Um, kind of Carolina's woodlands, I think, because they, oh no, it was Virginia. They went there to take all the set photos and use it. So that's where it's set in the film. Don't you love the gag of the, the skunk being called Flower as well? Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose it is a gag. It's uh, And yes. they were. They were actually, they were going to name him after a flower and they were going through like Petunia, Daisy, you know, that was going to be the gag. And then in the end, Walt said, well, why don't we just say flower? Flower's as good yeah, a word as any Bambi other. Bambi wouldn't know all the different flowers at that age. Yeah. No. Just flower! Um, very visual as well. I like it when the two skunk tails are going through the long grass, you know, and he's uh, twitterpated <laughs> and he goes off to get some. Do you like the owl? No. Yeah, me neither. And... and <laughs> I, I like the owl in in the Fox and the Hound, which I don't think you guys have seen. Have I've you? seen, have it. seen it. Not yet. Um, I but that she's like a big mama kind of. In fact, is she called Big Mama? She might even be called that. But she she's like a big mama kind of owl, and uh, I, I like that character. But this owl just I just don't like it. All the other um, creatures are so well studied. And he did that deliberately. They had basically a petting zoo within the studio. But the owl just doesn't look the same level of correct. I don't know what it is. It's interesting. Well, for me, I think the reason behind that is that, that they wanted to make a character out of it, isn't it? Yeah. Because we've got this... this um, All this work's been done to make sure that... We're going to talk about animation a bit, I suppose, so let's let's probably wait for that. Mm. But, but, you know, the, all the effort that's gone into making... The animals look as real as possible, but the main characters don't entirely fit in the same way as like the deer do when you're mm. watching the, the kind of internal stuff. It's a different thing. Um, I have one more thing to say about characters. Oh, go on. <clears throat> I have several more things to say. Good, good. When the great prince um, appears, I expected it to be James Earl Jones's voice <laughs> <laughs> because it had a <laughs> it's that level yeah. of stature that that. Um, that you get in Lion King. Um, well, Lion but, King was pitched as Bambi in Africa. There you go. But also, um, because he, he basically says, come along, son, which is like a Star Wars thing, isn't it? Do you think mm. do you think that maybe George... Bambi, I Lucas am your Scottish, father. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your mother cannot be with you now. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that ever addressed in the movie, that he is his father? I mean, like, directly said... I am your father. Film, we're not American. Film. <laughs> um, do they uh, ever say that? He says it, but it could just be, come along, son. It could be that, but I don't, oh. I, I don't think it is. There's that, there was that very pointed, oh, okay. point, pointed bit where uh, he walks past Bambi and Bambi looks at him and he, and he goes to his mum and said, he looked at me. He looked oh, at me. Yeah. I think it's, and, and also it's the only real male that's referred to in the whole thing. So mm. I'm guessing that he fathers I've, all. Oh, he's having a whale of a time. I felt like it was mentioned. I feel like it was, but I. I don't think it was. I can't. Think it's just it, that, and then and then when that. she's dead, she it's says, like, "I'm not like with you anymore." In, come, come along, son. Come ahead. It's like in Michael Crawford's autobiography. Um, when he first saw his dad, his mum was on the bus with him when he was a kid, 
and she's and uh, there's a guy on there and she sort of had a couple of words with him and after he got off she said that was your dad and, he, and that, <laughs> that's the only I think that's one of the only times he saw him wow, wow. it's like that isn't it yeah. a bit like that yeah a bit yeah. like that he said hello to me <laughs> mm. um, can I just say with story Bambi kind of passively moves through this story there's a lot of things happening around him uh, he's not really affecting any change and then later on he has a fight with another stag and then uh, and then he fights some dogs that's basically it for him he does a hell of a job fighting those dogs off as well he does. like eight of them he does well done mm. yeah good on him eh and they're hunting dogs trained to bring deer down as yeah. well yeah yeah um, but you know what I mean um, he just things just happen to him or around him and then right at the end he does a couple of things I don't mind that hmm but it's just you know it's kind of an odd structure isn't it for, mm. for a narrative What's his, what's his girlfriend's name? Feline. Do we find that out? Yes. Yeah, she says it. I name. don't remember. Oh, okay, mm. good, yeah. good. I've, I've written it down phonetically here so that I could correct you with my bell, but um, you've already said it correctly, so. Oh. That's a shame. Feline. Feline. Is it like, it's spelled F A L I N E? It's almost like feline, I like, think. Like Farline. But it's pronounced like Feline. Feline. Mm. Let's not dwell on it, eh? Let's not. <laughs> mm. Well,. In the story development, I read that it really it was meant to be about Thumper, Flower and Bambi and that Thumper and Flower are sort of driving the story forward. But I found there was a disappointing lack of Thumper and Flower. I know they keep coming back to them, but they are missing for huge portions of the story. I would have liked it to have been about that trio. I mean, it really was Bambi's story, which I think is fair. But... Um, yeah, they disappeared until it was convenient to bring them back, I felt. Well, it felt to me like Bambi was a central character because that that's the title character, but nobody yeah. really... It wasn't really led at all, was it? No. It just kind of happened. Yeah, it's more like a study of the forest. Yeah, which this I guess is, is yeah. what it was aimed to be, I suppose, isn't it? Can we just talk about Thumper? Shall we? I love Thumper. I need to get that out there now. Now... I'm a Disney nerd, so I've spent a lot of my time and thought thinking, who is my favourite Disney character? And I've always liked Thumper. He's been great. It wasn't till this week that I thought, you're my guy. You are my favourite character mm. of any Disney film. Do you know what? Did you did you tweet that on our 37 Disney Street account today? I did. Because I thought Chris had tweeted that. No, it was me. So when you were saying it then, I was just thinking, oh, this, Chris is going to come in in a second and say, hi, he's my favourite too. But it was just you. See, this is why it's confusing, and this is why we should sign off our tweets with our names. <laughs> or just tweet from our own accounts. But but then that one would lie dormant, wouldn't it? We're talking about at 37 Disney Street, by the way. Yeah. In case you do want to tweet we, us. We tweet fascinating things, all three of us, all about Disney. Look us up. It's a hot new account everybody's talking about. Mm. Anyway, his voice, I love this. His vo- I'm going to look up the name of the guy in a second. But they got loads of kids in from just like local kids and they were getting them to say some lines and this kid was rubbish. And so the (laughs) casting director sort of ushered him out and then the director said, no, 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 bring him back. He's perfect because he kept getting his lines wrong. Uh... So they deliberately, and he was four, he was a four-year-old, so he wasn't brilliant reading. So they were sort of feeding him his lines phonetically and saying say this and he would forget them halfway through so you know the one you quoted earlier if you can't say something nice don't say nothing at all that long pause in the mm-hmm. middle was 
genuinely him well, just forgetting what was meant to be saying. It's really cute. It's really cute. I was actually quoting Jiminy Lummox from Ren and Stimpy. Oh. Uh, that's Stimpy's conscience that he lends to 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 Ren, but uh, all he does is just beat him up every time he does something bad, and he sings a song. When you wish upon a side of beef. <laughs> so that's what I was quoting. Uh, but Peter yeah, he's, Byrne. He is he's very cute. and uh, His name's Peter Byrne. Peter Sorry, Byrne. I have to get oh. my checked out. And every time he gets reprimanded, I thought it was hilarious. And it gave yeah. me a real chuckle every time he got told off. And he was like, I'm sorry, mother. Yeah, because it's dead easy <laughs> to sort of make a spunky sidekick, isn't it? Um, but he he was a real kid. He was a little bit scared of his mum and trying to do the right thing. And he was just adorable. I just absolutely what love nice him. What a story. And, I- I, I love uh, Thumper's little rhyme about eating your greens or whatever it is. Yeah. Eating greens is a special treat. It makes for long ears and great big feet. But it sure ain't fun to eat. I put that big in myself. Oh, we love him. Now we're talking <laughs> about voice actors. Oh. A nice little anecdote again that I heard is Donnie Dunnigan, who plays the young Bambi, he grew up to be a high up in the military, I think it was colonel or something, but he was a drill instructor and it was in the Vietnam era and he never told anybody he was involved in Bambi yeah. till after he retired and then somebody came and found him and he did a documentary. Hey, look, if it isn't Lieutenant Bambi! He said, if, if I'd let 48 Marines know that I was Bambi, the nicknames I would have got would have been yeah. unbearable, so he just never told anyone. But you can't imagine little baby Bambi growing up to be a drill instructor of all things. That's yeah. lovely. And of course, we had Sterling Holloway in there again. Yeah. Playing Flower. Our oh, favourite. Oh, one of my favourites. And Feline was played by the little girl from Gone with the Wind. You know, Brett, Brett Butler's ah, little girl. I did not know that. There you go. Um, I, I want to ask something about, about this, and you might be able to confirm some things for me. So, the animator spent a lot of time looking at animals and stuff. This isn't an animation question, by the way. This isn't an animation question. This is still story. Okay. So they spent a lot of time studying, deciding how to progress the whole thing. Um, and yet nobody seems to get any older until that gap between <laughs> yeah. winter, winter and spring. And spring. <laughs> yeah. when, when, so, so Flower says, right, uh, clear off, guys. I'm off to sleep. And he but wakes he up goes, like, oh, I'm going to sleep. And, and he, he wakes goes, up like, hey, Bambi, how you doing? <laughs> Yo, Bambi, you want to play some racquetball? <laughs> I got some new, I got some new rackets just been restrung. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how does that work? Is, is that natural? I'm assuming. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that in all their studying, that's what actually happens. So generally, deer and, and other animals, <laughs> they're born in the springtime. They do no growing whatsoever at any point at all. And then the following spring, suddenly they're into adulthood. Is that right? It's crazy, isn't it? It must be. Could be artistic license. <laughs> also, in Bambi 2... Uh, which was made in 2006, I think. What's that? Uh, Bambi has, Bambi has little two. horns appearing on his ears in that, and that's set in the uh, in-between time. Where uh, he's no uh, horns appearing Bambi at all. Bambi 2, this time it's personal. <laughs> yeah, that's the one, yeah. yeah. It must be a... One deer seeks revenge against man. I... Call me flower again! <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it was 15 months. That would make me happier. Or like four years. Because also, he doesn't grieve for his mother very much, does he? He's, he's off Twitter painting as soon as uh, the I mean, dust has settled. You say he didn't grieve his mother, but but they're animals, and like we don't know how much they grieve. I don't grieve probably don't care. No. no, we need to ask them. Yeah. They don't have guidance counsellors, do they? Mother. 
Shall we go on to animation? Yes. 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 Can I just say that opening tracking shot of the forest is phenomenal, and I could watch like an hour of that mm. on the. You know, this is the multiplane camera that they've used to great effects in all the other ones previously, but I've never seen it to this extent. It's brilliant. So many layers to it, mm. and then it's going along. You think, oh, that's kind of nice, and then you start to work out how they've done it. Like, oh, they've just laid it all up. But then right in the background, there's a waterfall, an animated waterfall. Mm-hmm. I I, uh, I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago when I started watching Bambi. I say started, I've watched it three times since. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted to say that. So I'm a little bit annoyed that you got to say it. But, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say the same thing. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. But the way, it fini- <clears throat> the way they managed to finish that shot with the bird flying into the tree and then the next cut shot is uh, the owl landing on the tree. Mm. I mean, that's genius. Because you could get stuck in that multiplane universe and just go on and just not know where to end it and it ends so beautifully honestly I could watch that all day and mm. it's the same with the uh, the, the shot of uh, the great prince at the end of the first scene when it kind of pans up to him stood there looking all proud mm. and also at the end of uh, April showers there's one where you know the drops on the leaves and it just just comes comes away just, just uh, zooms out and so many layers to those leaves. There is something that that I found not. It wasn't that I didn't like it, so don't don't take this the wrong way. But there's don't a bit later dare. on, and I, I can't remember. I, I, it might be towards the end, and it might be Bambi walking through the woods, but it could be the Great Prince. I can't remember. Um, but it's a tracking shot again, and then whichever one it is stands still, and then the focus zooms in on him, and. It, the the tracking shot is fantastic, but obviously when it starts to zoom in, you lose the detail yes. of that of that front, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, the foreground. Yeah, mm. the, the the absolute foreground, which brings into it makes it glaringly obvious that the background isn't as detailed. Mm. And I don't think it it doesn't matter because they're stunning backgrounds. Don't get me wrong here, but but you kind of almost want that detail to suddenly appear because you're coming closer mm. in, and it doesn't. That's, mm. That is the... such a small thing, but it's just something that that I noticed because I'd been. So taken by that opening. You've been spoiled. Yeah. They brought in um, a Chinese impressionist painter, uh, Tyrus Wong, to do the... (laughs) What did you like? Impressions of Groucho Max. (laughs) I'm not going to do a a Groucho Max impression. Sorry, you just said impressionist and I went... I ran with it, okay? Okay. (laughs) Sorry. My face, you can't see on radio. My face just went... Horrified of me. (laughs) (laughs) Appalled that even <laughs> I just started laughing because I was like, what, "What's he going to say? What's he going to do? What's he going to do?" Is it impressionism or impression? No, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. I've, had a, I've had a diet coke and I don't have caffeine, so I'm going to be intolerable. So start again. Yeah, they brought in a Chinese impressionist um, artist to do the backgrounds because they'd they'd experimented with doing these really detailed forest backgrounds but they found it was just too busy if they drew in every leaf and every branch Mm -hmm. you couldn't focus on the characters so the style is um and it's very chinese and you can recognize it as chinese from like pottery and things to make the center of an object very detailed like the veins on the leaf but then the outside of an object really really indistinct and blurred and almost like pastelish and it's 
once you know what you're looking for, you look at those backgrounds, it works so well. Because you're never really looking at the backgrounds. No, you're you always don't. looking at what you're meant to be looking at. But it's there and you can feel it. And you don't realise that it's not there. You think it's there, but it isn't. It's just shapes and colours. But it does the job it's meant to do. I first noticed that in the meadow scene when, when Bambi's mum's first taking him through the meadow, that suddenly uh, everything just looked a bit more sparse. And, mm. uh, yeah, it was, yes. The blades of, you don't see blades of grass particularly, you no. see looks kind, of, looks kind of bleached out. Mm. Yeah. It's very mm. nice, though. Oh, it's lovely to look at. Beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. I don't like it with because that is so nice to my eyes. I don't like it during the the fight with the rival stag when everything gets a bit graphic. You know, it goes mm. look, they start doing the monochrome stuff with the lightning and it all is a bit it, fantasia. It does. It jars a bit. It's very for me. arty, isn't it? Mm, oh yeah. I like it. It's a nice little switch switch up. Well, I think it's, it's a, only brief. As it's well. a taste issue, really. It's it, just, it just it adds a level of intensity, and I quite yeah. I quite like that. And it's, it does it similar, I guess, with the dogs as well, doesn't it? But just it just kind of mm. with the music swell and everything as well. I think it just adds a bit of intensity to it. I, I didn't mind that. Mm. Tell you what, I did like. I really liked that the the bit with the reflective water where the whole thing was was upside down because uh, it was it was Bambi and. And whoever walking walking oh, along yeah. the side of the river, Feline. F- was it Feline? Yeah, I I, I noted that same bit because because I, uh, I just thought, how have they done that? Because there must be a layer underneath the everything, then a layer of glass over the top of that, then the ground, and then Bambi and Feline on top of that. Well, I decided I needed to not miss the, not forget this, and I didn't have a pen to hand at the time, so I screenshot those that picture, and I also screenshot. I went back a bit to screenshot the autumn leaves falling from the trees as well, because although they were very kind of cartoony on with everything else that was there in the backdrop, I thought it was a really nice kind of thing to just fill out the the scene a bit and, and show the change in the season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I thought that reflection piece was fantastic and actually the way the leaves dropped on onto the water and then like like just spread that ripple was beautiful mm. it's a real step up isn't it after dumbo but i mean as we discussed last time they they didn't put half as much money or time into dumbo no um but yeah it's such a difference it's like you feel like you've, you've had snow white and pinocchio and fantasia and dumbo and like it almost feels like they're getting worse and you think oh is this is this are they just gonna keep getting worse and then bang Bambi comes in and it's like they've just dialed it up to 10 again. Yes. And it's just, it's it's a masterpiece. Again, I think that six year development is the key there because it's been, during all those films you've just listed, it was there in the background and people Mm. were working on it and he was developing style and he was developing technology and developing story and it just, it wouldn't let this, it could have rushed it dead easy. Halfway through, gone, look, we're spending too much money on this, get the thing out. But he didn't. And that care really shows, and almost you can sort of forgive the dumboness, the dumboness, because that was the payoff for this, because that was the most profitable one. There must have been times through all of that as well, where where they've literally learnt from mistakes or mm. things that they've done in, in other in the other productions, and said, actually, right, we need to change the way we're doing this in Bambi because of what's happened here in Snow White or in Fantasia or whatever it might be. Well, for example, and I'm going to drag us onto the music thing now. <laughs> if you want to go back to animation, let me know. But the they used the musical director from Fantasia as the composer for this, oh. and they also they were working on the pastoral symphony, of course, in Fantasia, 
And it was very much kind of said, we want you to do something like that so that Bambi has his own pastoral suite. Because pastoral, of course, is meant to be nature and countryside and so on. Um, so that is, you know, the, it's got a walking theme. Da, 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 oh, I am singing the actual. That sounded more like um, Peter and the Wolf then. <laughs> yes, I was singing Peter and the Wolf. Because it's very similar to like that, to that, but Bambi's got his own walking theme. And this was what they asked for. They wanted the pastoral symphony, basically, and that's what they got given. So what you're saying about the learn as they went along, that wouldn't have happened four years no. earlier. That came out of what they'd done with Fantasia. And I think probably April Showers did as well. Mm. The only thing we about, animation about character was, animation, sorry. Well, yeah, same thing. Um, just that the animal studies are just so spot on. Um, but yet they still have... Uh, a slight cartooniness to the design, but mm. the movements are so so good. Yeah, and it's just it's just mesmerising to watch. Masterful mm. it is. Apparently, Bambi was an absolute nightmare to animate because of the the spots on his back. Ah, oh. so they had to make sure they were like exactly spot on <laughs> um, oh. every single time, <laughs> every frame. So it apparently, it was an absolute nightmare to to animate. I'm told, mm. and that's one of the reasons it took so long. And his body was developed by a different artist to his face, I think. Not eventually, not animated, but of course, they had all these people doing studies of skeletons and bones and mm. stuff to get the body right. But then they had somebody else sort of looking at the way that toddlers' faces move, similar to what they did on Dumbo, I suppose. And nobody looking at how they age in no. the period <laughs> of a year. <laughs> Oh, again, though, character animation, the little quirks of Thumper, him waving with his ear. Oh, I tell you what, had us, both me and Hugh watched it together. And um, when he first sees the very buxom Lady Rabbit, she's very voluptuous and flirtatious. Beard. Beard. Why does the female rabbit have a beard? <laughs> the Sorry. bearded Sorry. rabbit. <laughs> wow. um, they just have a, a really long close-up of Thumper's face. And it's just so funny and he's barely doing anything. His, his eyes open a little bit. His nose sort of twitches upwards a little bit. Does, and he, that's does he swallow? Yeah. But it, it's such a long shot, but it's brilliant. It's, it's hilarious. It's so funny. The girl rabbits have beards, though. I, this perplexed me also. Hmm. She does have a beard, but she is alluring. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. the way they managed to get the shape of human boobs onto a, a rabbit's body. Just the suggestion of a curve. I wasn't looking. I'm I'm a gentleman. (laughs) I was looking. (laughs) You're no gentleman. And to be honest, you you all know about me and my love of Maid Marian from uh, from the Robin Hood film. (laughs) Freak of nature. (laughs) Yeah, she was fab. Um, Also, by the way, I love the little duckling. Just, Just... up its, oh. Yeah, that was. There's some lovely little bits like. Is that, that the one who gets the water drop? Come on, off he the doesn't end of his want feet. to swim because <laughs> it's too cold. Duckling. He puts his toe in, he decides yeah. not to, and then he gets splashed and it drips off his yeah, nose. Like, yada. Yeah. And the, is there a frog as well? That goes, watch out, watch out, watch out. <laughs> I love those little bits. This is where the strength of the the film is for me. Is in the the details like that. But it's not overdone, you know. You, again, go back to um, Pinocchio or, or Snow White, and those little those little quirky bits would have been played out as bits, and there would have been a lot more to it. Whereas it's more of a subtle, um, subtle humour to it, I think, which is a much nicer way of doing things. I feel like they just kind of invite you to come and spend an hour and a half in this world, 
you know they don't really they're not giving you much other than that and i say that in the best possible way they're just like come into the forest with us see what you can see have a look around music right i've got here written down i've put gorgeous score but a bit background and it is it's lovely but it's just kind of pushed away just tucked back a little bit and it's just bubbling away nicely and you really have to sort of listen for it and pick it out sometimes it's it's absolutely lovely yeah but in they do a similar thing in snow white but i was aware of it and every single moment in snow white and i was just enjoying the music you're absolutely right it's there and it serves the same purpose and a lot of Bambi's movements are choreographed to the scar, but you're not focusing on it. I don't think it's as strong as some of the others. So I, I kind of disagree, but I kind of have some levels of agreement as well. Um, oh, there's there's a Buzz Lightyear type gun flying past the window in cloud format at the moment. <laughs> How weird is wow. that? Wow! Let's take a, let's so take a picture, picture of it. I'm going <laughs> to tweet it. It's a, it's a Buzz Lightyear blaster. Ace. Um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll put that. We'll put that on Twitter with the hashtag uh, so you can find it. Thirty-seven Disney Street Blaster. There we go. Right. What have you seen in the clouds today? Um, what, what was I saying? I was talking about music. Um, yeah, agree, I kind of agree, you... but I disagree. Yeah. Right. So my disagreement is um, is several fold. Uh, the April showers is obviously the only memorable song in it. That's so the, we're that's, used to having the hit. It is. It's the hit. What makes that so good is the onomatopoeic sounds, mm. the drip, drip, drip. All, I, I can't believe, I never noticed this when I've watched it in the past, I never noticed just how much that piece of music is bringing to life that that storm. It is stunning. It, may, it gives the rain a character because the, the rain is singing to you and that's what you see and that's what you hear is the rain singing to you. But they use vocals throughout the entire mm. film to, to bring the sound of rain, to bring the sound of, of the wind. And I'm, 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 I'm not, apart from Casey Jr.'s woo woo, you don't really, mm. and, and the sound of the of the steam and stuff, you don't really see that. We haven't seen that before. And you're right, Snow, it, like Snow White, it's a continual soundtrack. Um, mm. I just, I thought it was beautiful throughout. And the, the vocal wind effect. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that, I, yeah. Oh, did you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, but but you're right. I, I, do you know what? I was perfect just, impression. I, was, of it I wasn't as listening well. to that because I was thinking about saying it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a podcaster's trait. That is. It is. It's no, sorry. I, I was. Um, when I was saying it wasn't as memorable, I was just on the brink of saying, "Except April showers," which I just think is one of the best songs, one of the best sequences, one of the best pieces of animation. Full stop in any Disney film ever. I. <laughs> do you love it are you just overcome I, I do I, I genuinely love it I think if you remember when we talked about Fantasia what I said was missing from Fantasia was a bit of dialogue mm. and what this has is less than 900 lines of dialogue yeah. in, the, in, a, in the film there's no um, Deems what's his face standing up in front of us to tell us what the My story is, is before Deems we Taylor. watch it yeah. um, and and for, for that reason the music to me just works so so yes. well um, but as I say, I totally understand what you mean because it's instantly forgettable. The, the whole film to me is instantly well, could... forgettable, which is a really strange thing because watching it now and I think, why why do I not remember any of this? Well, yeah, there's something about watching it, knowing that we're going to do a podcast that makes me really enjoy it. But you know, when I've previously watched it, I've not. It is forgettable. It is, and I think you really need to, you really need to sit and just switch off and watch it and enjoy it because it's brilliant. 
Well, so much of what I love about Disney, and I am an absolute Disney obsessive, is nostalgia. It is your childhood. It is your visits to the parks or whatever. And I thought about Bambi before we reviewed it, and I thought, oh, yeah, don't really have an emotional connection to this one. I couldn't remember it very distinctly. I've seen it a couple of times, and I had some images in my head. And then when I watched it, I thought, this is brilliant. Now, the sad thing is, I don't think I'll watch it again for another two years. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, I think it's because it doesn't have that strong story to bring you back in. You know, I could watch Cinderella or Snow White or Beauty and the Beast over and over and over again because of that classic storyline, you know, and just sort of indulge myself in that. I don't feel the need to indulge myself in Bambi, which is a shame. Yeah, it's more like a mood piece. And you don't it think, is. well, I'm right in the mood for a mood piece. Mm. You know, yeah. you, you think, oh, I want to watch the, the Incredibles kicking some yeah. some villains' butt. It's sitting down with a good book, or sitting down and, and looking at a good painting, and the painting is beautiful. But I probably won't sit for two hours and stare at a painting, whereas I could curl up with a good book. And yet, and yet, and yet, <laughs> having watched it a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't wait to watch it again last night um, to see that opening again. To to hear that music and the way and like we've just said the 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 way the vocals bring everything to life, I, yeah, mm. it's it is a strange thing. Instantly forgettable, absolute classic. Mm. <laughs> Definitely, and it stands alone in that in that sense. I think it's a fantastic way to to finish that golden. Uh, it's almost like it was intended and it all it feels like a pinnacle as well because it's a real achievement of art there's no denying that in so many ways and i think this marks the point i mean it, it walt was really demoralized by the labor strike and this kind of marks the end of his direct involvement with the movie making mm. um obviously he did have involvement in the movie making from here on but not to the level that it had on snow white pinocchio fantasia you know the, these things that he was obsessive about, that never came back again. And one more thing with the music is when it's silent, which is not very often, but it's silent at the point when you're listening for man, the music stops, you know, and the mum starts looking. There's a a three-note theme that's a bit like the Jaws theme Mm -hmm. and then utter silence. And that in itself, oh, and when she creeps onto the meadow, it's the same. Yeah. So powerful because you it, you don't notice it's there till it's gone, and then when the music stops, it's so tense. What about "Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song"? Do you remember that one? Uh, I remember it academically, nice but it was very forgettable. Oh, there's "Looking for Romance" brackets. I bring you a song when um, Bambi and um, Pauline fall in love. Was that name Pauline? <laughs> Get off my bell. <laughs> Feline. Feline. Um, but it's, um, I mean, I like the Ray Conniff singer's version of Carol of the Bells. You know the one? <laughs> but there's a, oh, yeah. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you look up the Ray Conniff singer's version of that, it's very much in this ilk is this, uh, is this music. Mm. And that's why I like it, because it's right up my forest. I've got nothing more to add, really, because um, I think I said it all when yeah. we first started talking about music. Do you know, it's... Uh, how it was received, or have you got something else to say about music? I was just going to say, it's timeless and sophisticated. It is. It is. It was not entirely seen, so when it was released, It made a loss, didn't it? It did make a loss. It didn't make a massive resounding loss like um, Pinocchio did and Fantasia did. Um, I can see that it's not going to have a massive draw, 
when you watch it, you love it, but you don't think, oh, got to go see that. It had, a, well, it suffered again because the war was in serious full swing by yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so it had no overseas markets, which they did rely on. And people just weren't going to see stuff like this at the time. It has made a tremendous amount of money since in its re-releases, as a lot of the Disney films have. At the time, it had a budget of £1.7 million and it made £1.68 so it was... Two, oh, so close. I know, 200,000 <laughs> down, but they were really skating on a knife's edge at the time with the studio. So it, it does come in as a loss, unfortunately. Now, it was very mixed reviews from the critics. Um, a lot of them loved it for all the reasons we've loved it today and that will go down in history. But there was it faced a lot of criticism for... Let me read this quote. In search of perfection, Walt Disney has come perilously close to tossing away his whole world of cartoon fantasy. And that was the New York Times, but that was echoed by a lot of people. Gosh. It's like it's too realistic. They're like, what you're meant to do is give us Dumbo with the clowns with the floppy hats and do silly things. You can't do realism. And he was really criticised for that at the time. And I kind of know where that's coming from, because when computer animation really took off, do you remember the first Toy Story that couldn't do human faces? Yeah. And Sid looks like he's been in a car accident. And now there's a campaign for them to go back and remake the first two or three Toy Stories with the, with with the, the realism face. that they got from yeah. Toy Story 4. Why? But then there was a point when they got so good at it that they were making films about humans and you're like, why don't you just use humans? Because you, they were that good at doing computer graphics. So I can see from a 1942 point of view why they say that. But it faced a lot of criticism from this. And, surprise, surprise, a lot of criticism from the NRA and the Hunters Union. <laughs> I don't think it was the NRA at the time, but it was the Hunters Union of America. I imagine there were a lot of people weren't particularly happy about the, the death in it. But one of the things that I do think about Bambi is, without this film, you wouldn't have... Um, like Finding Nemo and films like that, where it's all built out of tragedy, even up. Mm. I guess, all right, I've quoted two Pixar movies, but there's obviously other ones out there as well where the same sort of thing happens. It's it's almost a known way of writing these kind of stories now, isn't it? Is this the first of the five that really deals with bereavement and... Doesn't really deal with it, does it? There's a, there's a moment... <laughs> it happens, <laughs> and then they just brush over it. And you don't see it. You don't see it yeah. and you don't see man. And that was a deliberate decision because they did toy around with you seeing the hunters coming through the forest, but you don't. You don't see Bambi's mum's body hit the grass. In the book, the great prince shows Bambi a dead hunter who's been killed by one of the other hunters to show that they are, uh, they're not... Um, I don't think the world was ready for that in 1942. Mind you, no. people were dying on the battlefields left, right and centre. Yeah, it was a pretty miserable time, wasn't it? Yeah. So with all that in mind then, do, do we have anything else we want to talk about? or Favourite bits. Scoring? Oh, favourite bits. Fa- I've got loads of favourite bits. We discussed some of the Thumper being reprimanded bits, but uh, I like it when he says, kind of wobbly, ain't he? And his mum says, Thumper, and he goes, well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's sort of, Thumper's my guy now. <laughs> Did you like the two leaves in love? I don't think I noticed that. Was yes. that during the Twitter baiting? Uh, autumn. Uh, it shows a branch, and there are two leaves left, and they're kind of they're kind of touching, almost like they're holding hands. And then one of them drops off, and then the other one drops off, and then you see one of them land, and you think, "Oh, I, I hope the other one's coming." And that lands, and just 
overlapped a little bit. In so. the water? No, on the ground. Uh-huh. So they're just sort of holding hands. Two leaves oh, in love. Do you know how that was originally that. written? It, it was written with dialogue of an, an elderly couple um, bickering on the branch and then the leaves fall off the branch and they fall to earth. And it was like, it really reminded me when I read this about, you know, that scene in Titanic where there's an old couple cuddling on the bed and I thought, oh, that's so sad. And all it is is leaves. And then they decided they didn't want the flora and fauna to talk, understandably. But well, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's really lovely that you actually got that without the dialogue, Hugh. You understood what they were going for with that. I, I really want to go and get that clip now and then uh, record over what it is they might have said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going. No, you can't. I'm going. Well, I'm going with you, damn it. <laughs> oh. I may be live bait down there. <laughs> but I'm with you. Uh, any other favourite bits? Yeah, well, I liked, I just liked the idea of Twitter painted. And when it, the idea of it entirely was the fantastic. The whole Twitter painted. This is the, this is for the act of falling in love yeah. in this world is called Twitter patient. Twi- mm-hmm. you, you've been Twitter painted. That whole sequence is one of the best. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's just one by one. Like, first of all, the voices are all broken. And uh, and that's that's the first time you uh, a lot of people realise that Flower was a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one by one, they just get taken down by love. They're going like, huh, we're not going to... We're not going to be Twitter painted, and they're all sort of going along, and then we one by. We're one. not going to be Twitter painted. Hey, yo, Bambi, <laughs> we we falling in, in love with no broads. Come on, let's go play some racquetball. I'm with you, man. I just got some new oil from a racket. Hey, all... who's that broad over there? <laughs> and then Bambi sort of gazelles off through the forest with Feline, and the next thing you know, they're curled up together in a bush. It's like the morning after, uh, you know, some action. He may as well be smoking a cigar, and yeah. Bambi on ice. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, that. It's mm. one of the the Disney scenes of all time, isn't it? Yeah. Bambi on ice. I, I love how awkward Bambi is, just in general, on, on his feet, I mean, yeah. which is obviously a dear thing, but... Um, the, the weight, when when Thumper lifts his, his backside up and then, <laughs> and then in his front legs, and it, mm. like, you know, his stiff legs move his whole body... Like, I think I had one of those, uh, do you know when, when they used to show those clips programs in the 80s and 90s on uh, BBC or ITV or whatever, um, usually presented by like Michaela Strachan and she would yeah. just introduce clips. Yeah. That, that was one of them. So we had that on a Betamax tape. So I'm really familiar with that, that scene, but it's just, it really stays with you, just yeah. the movement of it. But I, again, I love Thumper in that scene because we've all got that one friend when you go ice skating and you're clinging onto the side and your friend <laughs> is like skating round, you're like a kamikaze pilot and that's Thumper. And people will say, you know, like, look at him, he looks like Bambi. Yeah. Ice. You know, it's like, it's, it's you know, it's something, it's saying, yeah. something you would say. I used to ice skate in shorts because I always got too warm and sweaty. <laughs> Uh, Bonnie liked it when, um, what's she called? Neutrogena. Feline. Feline. Uh, when she's popping out the reeds and teasing Bambi, it made her laugh. Mm. You know, when they first meet, she just keeps popping out in different... Just annoying ways. girls, isn't it? Annoying mm. girls. I like it when Thumper brings the kids. Yeah. And they're all uh, thumping away. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think Bonnie could get her head around that. We went, look, Thumper's had children and she were like, what? I think she thought he was a girl as then, well. Did, wasn't Flower's kid called Bambi? Yes. Yeah. Right, because that, yes. that confused the heck out of Bonnie and me. Yeah. It's a nice tribute because of everything that Bambi's done for Flower. Yeah. Yeah, Harry Potter's son's called Albus. 
It's not really relevant, no, is it's it? It's not relevant at all. Thought I'd throw it out there, though, see if anyone caught it. Never mind. I really like that um, Manners in the Forest was a code that they used in the uh, in the animation studios for waltzing. <laughs> oh, really? Everybody, um... heads down, everybody. Man's in the Forest. Shall we score it? Let's do that. Would you like to know the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Are uh, you going to ask me if I want to hear? You just asked Chris then. I felt a bit left out. Would you like to hear them, Hugh? Well, I'm not sure I would now, to be honest. All right, well, you just go standing there in the corner and me and Chris will talk about right, it. Can, can okay. you just bust stop bickering, please? <laughs> you make me feel very I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to go stand in the corner, okay? Okay. Right, go on then. IMDB. 7.3. Are you whispering so that he can't hear? Yeah. Because he can hear you. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critic score is ninety percent, and the audience score is seventy-three percent. That's fair. That does seem fair to me. I'll be interested to see what we come up with. The critics are very high, aren't they? They are very high. Interesting. Can I come back now, please? Yes, yeah, come you back. may. We miss you. So, story first, and who wants to go first? I will. I'm giving it a seven. Oh. I, I feel like. Again, it's very pared down as the story goes. Um, it doesn't entirely hold your attention all the way through, but I love entering that world, like I said, like a beautiful painting. So, and I like, I love the characters, some fabulous characters. So, a solid seven, mm-hmm. Hugh. Um, I think a nine. I like the, uh, you know, the fact that not a great deal happens, and you can just enjoy it and go along for the ride. Um, but I've given it a nine because I just feel like if they if they could have introduced something a bit earlier, it's um, the antagonist of the you know, you know the, the the deer that he fights. Maybe he could have been a character early on, and you know, and they could have you know just have a little call back to him, just something because he just appears out of a bush and they have a fight and he goes, and it just it's all a bit sort of mm. inconsequential mm-hmm. and mm. I just you know just there's just little things like that. But you know what? It's just a niggle. It's a nine. I've given it a nine as well. Um, what I think is that it is a simple story, but it's got everything. Um, and the only reason really that I'm marking it down is is probably goes back to what you said, Lucy, is that I've watched it so many times and I can never remember the story, which means it's always a nice surprise. But there's obviously something not there if it's that forgettable. I always thought that the mother died at the end. You see, I always thought the mother died right at the beginning. Huh. Shows what we know. Doesn't it? Yeah. Animation then, here. I'm going to take this. Because, now, I don't want to swear, you guys, but I don't know how you can't give it a 10. The animal studies, the backgrounds, you know, the you know the use of the multiplane camera, again, but, you know, upper level. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Come on, it's a 10. I'd really want to do a spinal tap and crank this one up to 11, but I'm not allowed. It is just beautiful. In I, I just can't talk about it enough. Although I have managed to on an hour-long podcast, so... There we are. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. Well, I... Oh, come on, Chris. I want to give it a 10. I want (laughs) to give it a 10, but... No, no, because I I think you can help me out here. Let's hear him out. I think you can help me out here. So at the moment, I have it marked at a 9. And and the reason that I've written here, I haven't actually explained within this podcast, but I really like 
you to help me here, Hugh. Mm-hmm. I have this bugbear that's been more <laughs> noticeable to me in this film than it was in the others, which is that you can have stunning backgrounds, you can have all those brilliant layers and everything, but it doesn't matter what's being animated, it's always a slightly different colour to everything else that's taking yeah. place. Like when flower, <clears throat> when Flower's eyes appears uh, uh, in, mm. in the flowers, and then it cuts back to you know a wider shot, and then you can tell that the flower's about to move because suddenly they look like animation cells rather than a painting exactly. in the background. <laughs> I, I like watching for those. Yeah, but it, it, it does make it so you can go, oh, something's going to move over there in a minute. Yeah. And, and this is the first time that it's been quite noticeable with the snow um, and you know, with various different bits. And and that, But I don't think I should not like it or mark it down for that because... That's very nitpicky. It's is, very nitpicky and it happens everywhere. And they yeah. were, they were inventing, me... inventing a medium basically back in those days, weren't they? So they, this is as technologically as advanced as it can get. So without that bugbear then, it, then maybe I would be saying I want to crank it up to 11, but as it is, I'm going to give it a 10. How's that? Yeah, yeah that's good. Excellent, thank you. That reminds me of um, when you're watching an, an animation, suddenly a shot will change and there'll be a character and his line work will be thicker. And I always go, oh, it's about to zoom out. And it's thicker because they've zoomed in so they can zoom out. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Music, Chris. Music. Um, it's not memorable. I think we agree with that, apart from uh, April showers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's used to stunning effect. Um, I don't remember the vocals being used in this kind of way anywhere else, mm. apart from, as I said, that little bit with Casey Jr. maybe in Dumbo. But the way the vocals are used is, is stunning. Um April showers the whole bit is fantastic Um, I've written down a 9 here but I'm giving it a 10 it's having a 10 from me I might be about to uh, change my mind Um, I've written down an 8 because it was reasonably forgettable and it didn't leave an impact on me um, the way that Snow White did even though it's used in a similar way but I just love April showers so much and I love the silence when they choose to use silence and the way they use the three-note man theme Mm. just makes up for the rest of it. You're not meant to notice the music, really, are you? It's meant to support the animation is the music. So I'm going to give it a nine yeah, rather than an eight. So I've cranked mine up a bit there. I give it an eight, which is still very high. It's a gorgeous score. Uh, Not too many memorable moments, though. It doesn't have, like, a, a cracking theme, does it? You know, you don't... You know, like I whistled "Gone with the Wind" earlier, you know, it just you know, pop, you know, pops out at you. But this doesn't. But still, it's it's brilliant. Eight, and that's good. First, Bambi was born, and then she met Thumper and Flower. First, it says "burr, burr, burr, bird, bird." They love the butterfly, and they love the flower. She's flying and she licks, licks him out of the grasses. And he looks at the wrong, he looks at the side when she just vanishes. <laughs> and it goes to winter and there's lots of snow and ice. And Bambi, it slips on the ice and falls over he likes splits into a starfish and he spins round and round and round until he gets in the middle. It's pretty adorable. And then it's April and then it's lots of rain. Thumper, Flower and Bambi all go in love. 
twitterpated is when you get in love. The three friends that I like, um, they think they won't get there, but they do. But Feline comes back and they get in love again. Thump like does this long neck and he goes, and his ear is doing this little wave that goes like a shark, but with his ear. Bambi goes with his mother to a big field. Um, there's like these wars, and it's pretty sad that the mother dies. When they're in the field, her mother gets shot, and I felt very sad when her mother got shot. And at the end, he comes the new king. I forgot Bambi was a boy, not a girl. And then it's the end. My favourite character is the three friends, Bambi, Bumper and Flower, because they're, like, cute. My favourite character is Bambi. My favourite bit is the ending. My favourite bit is the ending bit. And also, I really like the owl because he's very funny. My favourite song is the spring one and Life is a sun off. I like that one too. I don't remember the song so I don't have a favourite. I give it a three out of five. I'd give it a five out of five. And also, I really, really liked Bambi too as well. So, shocker. Yeah. New entry straight in at number one. With 90 points, Bambi. 90. Absolutely. I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming even watching the film, but I'm not sad about it. It's interesting because when I was writing my notes about it today, I actually thought, I, I think this is going to come in quite high. I didn't think it'd come in this high. And she... like, you know, is it better than Snow White? Well, <laughs> Snow White... Remains my favourite Disney film. I prefer Snow White. Because I have got a very tender place in my heart. But if I'm being really clinical about the character's story and animation, I suppose it's quite right. Like we said earlier on, it's a culmination of everything that's happened mm. over those over those it's years. It's a shame we don't have a nostalgia score somewhere in there, isn't it? Anyway, shall I do the rundown for the listeners? Um, yeah, and then we can put it in a table and get it up somewhere. Yeah. Oh, we need a graph. Yes. We, um... Chronological order, Snow White got 87, Pinocchio got 81, Fantasia got 80, Dumbo got 74, and then straight into the top, Bambi got 90. So the order goes, Bambi, Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo. I do feel bad for Dumbo. Oh, I don't. I, I think it doesn't matter that it's scored low, it's still a classic that everybody yeah. loves. 74 is still a high-ish score. I think it will seem to be one as we go into the oh, uh, yes. the bronze and silver age. Oh, it's going to get dirty. Do you know, speaking get... of which, it's a really interesting thing to me going through these films because none of these five films are, are films that, that were ones that I watched over and over again as a kid. Dumbo, a, a bit, because my, my uncle had it and so when we were down there we used to watch it sometimes. But generally, these weren't the films that I watched. The films I watched were Robin Hood, um, Sword in the yes. Stone. Yes. Uh, you know, um, hundred one Dalmatians, stuff like that. Yeah. But already, having gone through this and looked at them so closely, I I, I hold those in such high regard as mm. films that I loved. But I'm already dreading going and watching them back now because the quality of these five films is is so good. 
Mm. One of my favourite films as a kid was Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, yeah. And I know for a fact that that is going to scar abysmally. So it's really interesting. If you detach your own personal memories and just go on quality, what the scars will bring out. Exactly. Can we discuss the cry factor? Oh, please, let's. Now, you would think this would be a slam dunk five teardrops out of five mm. because of the uh, the death scene with the mother. Yeah, we don't see it, though. No. And do you know what? I'm so familiar with it, and I expect it, that when it happens, you know, I was really geared up. I thought, here, we're gonna, here we go. I'm going to cry. And it was it was fine. And very brief. Yeah. But um, the opening's pretty beautiful. Um, and that was enough to bring a tear to my eye when I watched it. Hmm. Mm. But you know what? I've given it a moderate three teardrops. Nice. Well, it's getting late, so I guess it's time for us to leave you. So in the words of Flower, all as flowers sleep in the winter, well, good night. So long. Mother! <laughs> good night, children. You have been listening to a 37 Disney Street podcast with Chris Fletcher, Lucy Rain, Hugh Rain, and of course the kids, Lucas and Bonnie. You can follow us on Twitter at 37 Disney Street, find us on Facebook, and visit our website 37disneystreet.co.uk for more great content and general Disney chit-chat. We're taking a break from the classics next week to discuss the recent craze of live-action remakes, so be sure to join us to find out whether Hugh and Lucy can be nice about Alice in Deppland 